Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Lord is Here, and was spoken by missionary Aaron Anderson. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. I wonder if we can go to the word of the Lord right now, to Genesis uh, chapter 28. And we're going to be starting at verse number 10. Amen. On Friday night, the wedding, there was a, a couple of words that really scared me a little bit. We were taking some pictures afterwards with Brother Preston and myself and his few friends and Joe and Chase. And then the photographer said something that really just made my heart drop. Just really me, said, "All right, now with the top button of your suit coat buttoned." <laughs> said, "Can I get back to you in two weeks?" <laughs> the sympathy wait for pregnancy for the men is one hundred percent true. Amen. <laughs> it's an honor to be here with you all in Jesus' name. In Genesis chapter 28 and verses uh, 10 through 17, and it says here, Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he had a dream. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth with its top reaching heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. That's powerful. He stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and your descendants. And your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Amen. I want to speak for just a few moments this morning on the Lord is here. It's going to be a simple subject, but I believe God is wanting to speak something to us this morning. If you believe that, would you just raise your hands with mine and raise your voices with mine. Heavenly Father in this place right now. God, we've already felt your presence here in the worship. We felt your presence in the prayer room before. God, we pray, Lord, that you would accomplish exactly whatever you would want to accomplish in this house. Touch these lips of clay, God. Let everything that not be of you, let it be bound, Lord Jesus, right now. And I pray, God, that everything that is of you, Lord, let it be turned up, God. Let the volume increase your spirit, God. Flood this place with your spirit, with your presence, and with your glory. God, we give you thanks in everything we do, in everything we say, in your mighty name and in your mighty word, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. The Lord is here. I'm not going to lie to you all, this year has been challenging for all of us, especially on the mission field. It's easy to, to think that the virus is 
contained in just America, and it's only going against the American church, but the reality of the situation is that it's very much a global pandemic. And as I alluded to before, um, in this message, it, 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 it speaks to me on a few different levels, but we uh, got back to Brazil just two years ago uh, from deputation, our first deputation. This is our first term. And we had begun to start home groups in the city of Sao Paulo. And from a home group and from starting to have services in 2019, we were able, uh, a family started coming to our church that was from another northern zone of Sao Paulo. And if you've been there, it's a massive city. It's about 23 million people in the metropolitan area. Uh, to go from one side to the other to this, of the city will take hours sometimes times in traffic, and this family began to come, and they were faithful, and um, they lived in another part of the city, and we began to go into home groups where they were at as well, and it began to expand and grow, and we began to see God's hand upon that, so we said, you know what, let's go ahead, and let's, let's, let's start a church here as well, because there is a great need, and people are coming to these home groups, and everything was coming just full steam ahead, and it was, and it was really great. We felt like there was momentum, and if you don't know about momentum, you know that momentum doesn't like to be stopped, because then it ceases being momentum. You know, it ceases being forward movement when something is, is stopped. So we were going, and God was blessing, and then we finally, we felt led to go and rent out this building in that northern zone of uh, the city of Sao Paulo in a slum, and uh, in addition to the church we had uh, gotten into, and we had entered into in the beginning of the year uh, in the center of the city of Sao Paulo. And it was just, we had so many plans. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of have PTSD for plans. Try to, try to have me plan something for later on this year and see what happens. I'll say, I'll get back to you. Because we all made plans, and then we all had to undo a lot of made plans, and things weren't really as we thought they were going to be because of this past year, and obviously what's shaping up to be this year. And we had all these plans in place, and it was just, God's going to really bless it, and people were showing up. And like I said, we had started the church in February, we started having services, and they were great. And you know what, there was a little blip on the news about some virus or whatever in China, and it was just like, this is isn't going to get here. This isn't going to cause us to stop anything. Nah, we're good. You know, I, I, I had faith and I had faith that this forward momentum was going to keep gaining force and that, you know what, we're, we're in the will and the plan of God right now. And then all of a sudden, just boom, it just stopped. Everything just halted in its place and we were forced to go online. And not to mention my wife at the time was about seven months pregnant and we began to enter into this new phase called the global pandemic and borders were being closed. And all of a sudden we are in March going back to the United States to Arkansas because we didn't know if the borders of Brazil were going to be closed or what the situation was even going to be like in Brazil, if there were going to be good hospitals that were going to be overrun or not, and if our safety of my son was going to be okay uh, to be born in Brazil. So we ended up coming back to America, and all of a sudden here we are in America, and we're doing online services, and we're doing Zoom meetings, and you know what? There was a novelty at a time where everybody was watching, and it was like, hey, this is pretty cool. You know what? Two, three weeks, we're going to be out of this, and we're going to be back to, <laughs> to normal. You remember that time? Does anybody else remember that time? Was that also happening? <laughs> well, then April and May and June and July and everything just started coming to a, uh, a turnaround and it, and it seemed like, okay, never mind. I think we're actually in this. So during all of this, we're, we're paying rent for these two buildings. I had just 
gotten into for the two churches. And it was just like, what are we doing? And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be like, man, Aaron, bro, you missed it. You, you really missed it on this one. Uh, man, it was supposed to be this year and it was supposed to be, all of this was supposed to happen. And you know what? There was a lot of forward momentum and now we're just going to online and you know, what are we going to do with all of this? And, uh, we just, we just kept going on. You know, sometimes when you don't know where to go, you just got to put one foot in front of the other and you can't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's not come yet. And you got to go ahead and bury the past and yesterday because you can't go back and fix it. And we just kind of put one foot in front of the other. And then after a few months in America, a couple months in America, Tiffany was 36 weeks pregnant. So four weeks to go. And I was praying because I wanted to go back to Brazil. I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't want to have the baby in America. That wasn't our plan. And she began to feel and say, you know what, I think we could go back to Brazil. And luckily there were still a few flights that were going in and out. Even though the borders were shut down, we could get back because we were, uh, we have residency in the nation of Brazil. And our beautiful baby boy was born on June 30th, June 29th. I can't believe I messed that up. Wow. June 29th. I said 30th. I'm like, what are you saying, Aaron? You're his father. It's my first child. I don't have an excuse. Like we have nine children or something, you know, on June 29th was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil and was a Brazilian citizen, amen, being born. And uh, after that, things began to look up and the board, uh, things began to open up and they began to open up with restrictions and masks and all this kind of stuff. So a week after he was born, Tiffany stayed at home and I began to go to our central church and I began to open up and I said, okay, well, you know what? People are going to be so hungry to get back to church and man, it's going to be revival. And uh, the guy that's helping me, my right hand guy there, he ended up getting COVID and couldn't come. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I'll just do the service. I'll play the keys and sing and take up the offering and preach and whatever. But you know what? We're going to have some people. And if you've been overseas, you know those, those, those storefronts, they have the, the gates that you kind of just unlock and you, you know, lift up from the top and everything. And let me tell you, I lifted it up. I got there about an hour early. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for the people to come back to church. And my God, let me tell you something. We had exactly zero people. Well, one person, me show up. It wasn't the revival I thought it was going to be. And uh, I went home and tried to put on a good face like, how was service? It was great. <laughs> Saw the little hearts on Facebook kind of boop, 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 boop. I'm like, okay, ooh, I think I'm doing good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, this is just a phase, you know, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And uh, went back on Wednesday and one person now showed up. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, here we're going. And after a while, though, I begin to notice, I'm like, man, some people have really kind of, uh, let me just be honest, looking for an excuse to leave church, I've left church. <laughs> they found their out. They f this is like the perfect out, if you will. And I remember I was getting down on myself and I was going to church, opening it up by myself and doing everything. And, you know, there is no pouty like a pastor pouts. Amen. There's really, <laughs> there's... <laughs> I mean, Elijah was one of the most melodramatic people in the Bible. Let's just be honest. I mean, Moses, I mean, come on, all these guys, they're, they're dramatic. That's just how they are. And I remember I, I, I came home from church. And let me just tell you, somehow the voice of God, a lot of times, it sounds like the voice of your spouse. Can I get an amen across this place? <laughs> and I get back and I'm just like, oh, I went to church. There's three people there. 
And there was 50 hey eyes in the offering because I gave the 50 hey eyes. <laughs> and, you know, it's just not working. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm down and out. I, I really am. I'm just like, God, what's happening? You know, and I'm just pouting and all this stuff is going on. And then Tiffany looks over at me and she has a baby and is taking care of the baby. And I'm pouting about preaching and she's, you know, taking care of a human being a child and giving life to this child. But again, like I said, preachers are sometimes a little dramatic. I'm like, poor pitiful me. And she turns and she says, no. I'm like, what? Like, don't, don't, don't rain on my dramatic parade. Come on, this is my time to be dramatic. She's like, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? She turns and says, at least you're here. At least you're still standing. At least there is a church that has its doors open that is still preaching the message. And I just kind of stood back and I was like, okay, I guess my pouting session is over. (laughs) But can I tell you, it hasn't always been easy, but can I tell you that God has never left us and he has never forsaken us. Even though this year has brought us so many things and change of plans and death and sickness. Can I tell you that God is here to reaffirm his promise with his people. He's saying, hey, I am with you even until the end of the earth. I will never leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. Let me tell y'all, I I wish somebody were here this morning. If God is affirming you, you don't need anything else to affirm you. And that's basically in a nutshell what the voice of God leaving as the voice of my wife was saying to me was if God be for us, who can be against us? So here we find Jacob. Jacob had finagled his way into the blessing of his father. But all of a sudden, he's not in the camp of his father. He's not even going to be in the land of his father, even though he had received the blessing. He is leaving the land. He's leaving the promise. And there he finds himself bent over and looking for a pillow. And he calls a rock his pillow. If there's somebody that had it bad, it's Jacob right here in this moment. And Jacob must have thought, man, my inheritance is over. He must have thought like a lot of us thought this past year and maybe this year, man, things are just going bad. But can I tell you that that's not the end of Jacob's story. God, he affirms himself to Jacob. He goes and he calls Jacob by name and he said, Jacob, I am God and I am with you. I know we might read this a hundred different times, but let me tell you, when you're on the backside of a desert and you're calling a rock your pillow and you're down and out and you don't feel like there's a tomorrow, when God shows up and says, hey, I'm God and I am with you. And I tell someone this morning that God was there even when, and especially when you never even perceived it. He is not a man, and he is not limited as man. His power is matchless in our life. This this past year may have surprised all of us, and this year may be surprising as well. But let me tell you, one person who has not been surprised, and it's God. 
He says, I am the Lord who stretches out the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and who forms the human spirit within a person. I am the Lord and I change not. But Jacob's saying, but my scenery has changed. Yeah, I know, but I'm with you, Jacob. But my financial condition has changed. Yeah, I get it, Jacob, but I am the Lord and I am with you even into the ends of the earth. His ability is unchanged by this past year. He's not worrying. He's not fretting about what is and what isn't. No, he is here and he is with us. His love is still deep and it's still wide. The Bible says that nothing Nothing, He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and our Christ Jesus our Lord. He says nothing's going to separate you. Maybe the enemy has come in and he's been telling you some things that you're out of the calling and you're out of the inheritance. And because of the change of scenery that somehow God has also changed. But he sent this missionary from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to tell you that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And he's the same God yesterday as he is today and as he'll be forevermore. Maybe you feel like in this place, well, I've gone too far and we've said some things. And you know what? We've all said things. I'm going to let you know on a secret. We've all done some things and said some things that we would love to go back and take back if possible. But if you still have breath in your body, God still has a plan for you. He still has a plan for this church. He still has a plan for your family. If you could just begin to realize the power of the God that we serve in his word. Let me tell you, yesterday is gone. you got to bury it. Tomorrow has not even been born yet. Today is the day of salvation. And God's telling you like he's telling Jacob, I know where you are. And I'm with you where you are. It's so bad you're calling a rock your pillow. You've gone from being mama's boy in the house to being in the backside of the middle of nowhere. But he's saying, but if you will let me. That's the key. He said, if you'll let me, if you'll trust me. If you'll deposit your trust in me, I, I will establish you. You may not feel like lifting your hands and praising me. You may not feel like lifting your voice and lifting your eyes because you know what? A pity party is a lot easier to get entrance into than a faith party. It really is. Feeling bad about yourself is a lot easier than having faith in God that he's going to bring you through. But he said, if you'll just lift your hands, if you'll lift your eyes, if you'll lift your voice, I'll let you in on a little secret. The king of heaven doesn't change and he's not phased by our infirmities, by our weaknesses. But he knows who we are and where we are and he is with us. Jacob, I believe he knew in God's... Um, omnipresence and of him being everywhere and he knew in God knew of God's omnipotence and and he's all knowing his omniscience and he's everywhere and he's all powerful but I don't know if he understood the fact that God was really always present everywhere I think a lot of us we have faith for things that have happened in the word of God we believe in these and we believe that God is and he did these miracles and he led these by faith and 
But I don't know if Jacob really understood that God was there in the desert as well when he was on the run. Can I tell you that I believe there's a danger in knowing that God existed for our fathers and in the past and all the great stories of, of what he did and how he existed for people like Brother Benny DeMerchant, who has gone on to be with the Lord. But I've got to realize that he is here in my current circumstance. He is here right now. Even when I think it's over, game over, it's time to turn in. It's, 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 it's time to just give up. And we were there in Sao Paulo like, man, we can't keep paying our rent. It's time to go home. But I got to realize, hey, the same God that was there for Brother Benny DeMerchant is the same God that's going to be here for me. I grew up on a pew. I was born in New York, and shortly after, we went to Houston, Texas, and we were at Brother Kilgore's church in Houston, Texas, and then to Concord, New Hampshire, where my dad started a church, and then to Temecula in Brazil, and I was raised on a pew, and I knew that God was all around. I, I heard all the stories. I remember Brother DeMerchant coming through in the 90s and eating dinner in my house and just being a little kid, and he gave one of those piranhas that were on a, I'm sure, I'm sure you might have one, he gave one of those little piranhas that were on the little pedestal, you know, that, he, that was all... all whatever gutted out looked like it was kind of a rock you know and I, I I heard those stories of man the plane wrecks and the great revival happening in the Amazon and it was just wow this is amazing and I remember a brother Dross coming in in the 90s and talking about what was going on in Mexico and just being in awe and we could get to the point where he said God I know you did it back then but what about right now because let me tell you, back then doesn't count for right now. <laughs> and there are some times that you're going through sickness, you know, and you're going through something and somebody's been healed of another sickness. And we went through this, my wife and I. And, and man, they would come up and they would give us advice. And they would ask, you know, well, are you guys praying about this? <laughs> that baby that we have, there's a little miracle. They say, well, have you prayed about this? And, and sometimes, let me just be honest, there's a, little, there's a big part of me that's not a good part of me. It's not. And, some, and a lot of times I'm able to suppress that guy. But sometimes I just be like, really? I, I, I did not think about that. I, I didn't think about prayer. <laughs> or someone's healed of cancer and then they say, well, hey, I, w- I was and you should be too. We all know about that. And we can get to the point and say, God, I know you did it back then, but what about right here, right now? The experience of our fathers, can I just tell you this morning, it's not a substitute for the here and now. What And what I choose to do or not to do with his calling and leading, let me tell you, there is a sin of commission and there is a sin of omission. And after Hebrews 11 is talking about this, the, the, the great heroes of the faith, I mean, what a list of people. What a list of world changers, of, of people who impressed God, who were, who, were, who were written down in the history. They were in the hall of fame. But after all of this, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, I know we, I know we just talked about them, but let me talk about you right now. <laughs> I know we just went into all the great missionary stories about how God freed them from war and how bombs didn't go off and how received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and legs grew back into place and that's all well and good but let's get a little personal it's in Hebrews 12 and 1 it says therefore I love that word therefore it's a change now let's get personal 
Let's get a little uncomfortable. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Talking about those heroes of faith. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before you. <laughs> oh, I wish somebody would hear this this morning. It's all well and good what happened in the past. And I'm thankful for all those great missionary stories. But we need an experience today, right here, right now. Because we're surrounded by a cloud of witness and people are cheering us on and the focus is placed on us. What stories will we tell our children? It's the, let me just say it like this. I got to the point in Brazil where I basically said, Tiff, it's time to either put up or shut up. It's time to either believe that this is the word of God and that he sent us here even in a pandemic year to start a church in this city or it's time to go home. And let me tell you something. I was in that desert and I was calling a rock a pillow as well, but God met me there. He said, at least you're here. I am the Lord, your God, and I am with you, and I will establish you. The enemy would love for you to believe that your circumstances are somehow going to predicate your future, but it's not. It's not. This year has taught me a lot of things, and it's taught me, my goodness, how the faith of so many is based on comfort and politics and things that are happening around. But God saying, I am the Lord your God and I change not. Come on, he was God in Egypt with Pharaoh. He was God in the time of Jesus with Herod. He was, he was God when Peter was being crucified. He's gonna be God in 2021. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Hallelujah. He changes not. The enemy would love to believe that you're alone, Jacob. You done messed up, Jacob. You're not going to have a promise after this, Jacob. You're leaving your land, the land that you, 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 you got into, the land that you took from your brother. You're leaving and you're not going to have the promise. Can I tell you, the enemy starts to say these things because he knows exactly the promise and the plan that God has for you. Huh. You know, there's something when you have a shovel and you start digging, right? If you have a shovel and you're just air digging, it's one thing. There's no resistance. Oh, this is a big one. Oh, there's no resistance. But let me tell you, when you start getting resistance, it means you're going somewhere. It means you're, it means you're in the right direction. It means that, that the shovel's hitting the ground and that there's resistance and there's, and there's friction that's being created. But can I tell you that friction that's being created in our lives? Huh. If you thought it's going to be easy to serve the Lord and it's just going to be coming into the pew and sitting. No, I, I think those days are, are gone. If you wanted your out, you got your out. 
If someone wanted to leave the house of God, they got that house. But let me tell you to those who are here, here in 2021, let me tell you, get ready for the resistance. But can I tell you that God is going to be that comforter. He's going to be that person who comes alongside and says, hey, I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You don't just have angels and a heavenly host up above that are cheering you on. You have you have some great people here on earth that are cheering you on too. And you have some people that have gone before us that have passed away. They did it. They finished their race. And they're there saying, hey, you can do it too. If a brother Demersion was able to go to the Amazon where there was no one baptized in Jesus' name. No one, no one. In 1964, as a 24-year-old, didn't know Portuguese, didn't know the language, and now when you go to the Amazon, there are some 700 churches along the jungle, 200 churches in the city that he started one church in. Let me tell you, he did it. That means that I can do it too. Because God doesn't change. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the God that never changes in our lives. I'm coming to a close here. I remember there was uncertainty, and you know what? If you feel, and un- and 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 can I just say this? I know we harp on we harp on fear because the Bible says fear not, and God has not given us a spirit of fear. I understand all that. He's not. There's a spirit of fear, but there's also a level of fear that can, can I just say it's kind of healthy. <laughs> if if not, you wouldn't have it. And a lot of people want to be alive. For example, if you're hiking and you come across a bear on the trail, you feel, you should, feel fear. Why? Because fear helps you to laser focus on the thing that is causing you fear. So that when you see the bear that's on the trail, you're not like, I never noticed how pretty the flowers were. (laughs) It allows you to be like, bear! (laughs) And roll over and die. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? They climb trees. <laughs> or fear, it makes you, it kind of zaps you back into reality, you know? You're living your life and things are good. You have a pain, you feel something, you go to the doctor, you get a scan and it comes back that it's cancer. And you feel fear. Why? Because all of a sudden your job all the other things that's going on in your life, it's not really that important. What's important is your health. And that shifts the focus back. And I know we've talked about all this, and, and, and I'm not here to harp on you. I mean, we, we feel uncertainty. That's true. Now, we shouldn't have a spirit of fear, and we need to have faith that overcomes irrational fear. Yes, absolutely. But we all feel things, and we get scared sometimes. And we left, like I said, in March and came back. And we didn't know if we were going to be back in the United States, if Grant was going to be born in America. We didn't, we were saying, my goodness, we have to pay our rent now because we just got into these buildings. Can can I tell you what kind of failure you feel like when you are the guy who got into two, not one, two buildings in February of 2020? (laughs) That's not lucky. That's not lucky at all. That's like the worst thing ever. And I felt uncertain. We, we felt it. I'm like, Tiff, we're not going to have money to do this. And, you know, the church started to grow. It wasn't just me all the time. I'm, again, preachers are dramatic. People started to come. And people started to receive the Holy Ghost. And 
started to be baptized in Jesus' name. And that voice came back and says, the Tiffany said, it's like, well, no, you're here. And don't, don't despise the day of small things because God's doing something big in it. That you don't have to worry about tomorrow because he's with you. Jacob, that night, he didn't think he was going into the house of God. No. He's looking for a comfortable rock. It's a bad, it's a bad day. Like, this rock looks less jagged. Let me, let me, let me go cuddle up to that. That, that doesn't look bad. <laughs> it's a bad situation, Jacob said. But at the end of his experience, he says, Whew, this is the house of God. The Lord was here and I didn't even know it. And there was a ladder and angels are ascending and descending and he sees the Lord that's on the top of the ladder. Oh, if we could just see that, if we could get to the point and moment that we realize in our darkest day, in our worst situation, I know the rock is really hard. I know that pillow, it's, it's not one of those pillows you see advertised on YouTube ergonomical. It, it, it's, it, it's not a good situation. And you know what? Faith is not telling you to, to say that it is a good situation. Like, whoo, this is a nice rock. No, those are delusional people. Those aren't faithful people. Those are delusional people. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm doing really good. I just got in a car wreck. I'm sick. It's like, no, you're not doing good. That's, you need a scan on your head or something. We feel the uncertainty and the twinge of fear. Man, is, is, is God really here? And I remember telling Tiff, I was like, Tiff, I, <laughs> we, okay, so we're way delayed starting these churches. We have two buildings. How are we going to pay it? And we're saying, well, we have enough money to get about to June, July. Okay. God's going to provide. She says, well, how about we send out an email or a letter? Like, no. It's like, you know what? God's going to provide. And I didn't do that. I, I'm not saying against anybody that does that. We just kept on. We just kept putting one foot in front of the other because you know what? Jesus said, hey, tomorrow's already worthy for itself. Meaning, translation, don't worry about it. Tomorrow, don't worry about it. Today. Today. Take care of today. And we left church one day and again, we, 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 we've not told anybody about our financial situation, about any of this that's going on with the churches. And people are starting to trickle in and they're starting to tithe and, all, and give their offering. But it's not nearly enough and... I get a call from my friend in Ontario, Canada, and they're in a pandemic too. Lockdown as well. We're all struggling here. <laughs> Out of the blue, he calls and he says, hey, so in church, I just mentioned you really quick. I didn't say much. I just mentioned the Andersons in Brazil. And he said, after church, a lady came up and said, Pastor, when you mentioned the Andersons in Brazil, the Lord spoke to me to give this amount. And he told me the amount, and I just lifted my hands up. I said, wow, that's exactly what we need for this month to get us through the month of July, this month that we were needing. I'm not going to tell you that it was $50,000. Oh, my goodness, it's going to get us through the next two years. Woo! No, but the man that came that day. And you know what? The man is going to come when you need it to. Because God's saying, I'm with you. I love you. Another time, just recently, we were getting low again. I'm like, okay, here we go. 
And again, a pastor in Texas called out of the blue, nowhere, and said, hey, a couple in my church, they just got an insurance settlement that wasn't expected. And they said the Lord spoke to them and they wanted to give this amount for you. And can I tell you, it was exactly what we needed for that month as well. Because the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he is, he's the God of Aaron. He's the God of New Life Christian Center. He doesn't love you any more or less than he loves anybody in Malawi, Brother Kipps. He loves all of his children the same. I remember when we were Amers, we were living off of $1,000 a month in Brazil, Tiffany and I. We were driving that little bitty car, Preston will tell you about it, two-door Renault Clio. They don't even make them here. I'm pretty sure they're a death trap. If you hit a speed bump the wrong way, you're, you're, you're gone. In the, in the, in the, I mean, they're, they're, they're not good. And we were struggling. And I remember Brother DeMerchant invited us to Manaus. He said, come on to Manaus. I was like, okay, Bishop, I'm coming. And we didn't have the money to do it, but we did it. And Manaus is a four-hour flight from Sao Paulo. That's how big Brazil is. And we get on a plane, we do it, and we come back. And I'm like, well, Tiff, that took out a lot of money. <laughs> And we're in the hole about $1,000. And again, we didn't tell anybody any of this. And Brother Joey Campatella from Florida, not a close friend of mine. We talked maybe once or twice. I didn't even know he had my email. And I tell Tiffany, and it was right in that moment. So I said, well, God's going to have to provide. And right in that moment, the phone lights up. You know, the little alert. Boop, there's an email. And I see Joey Campatel. I'm like, that's interesting. That's not a normal email I get. I open it up and he said, bro, I was just praying and the Lord laid you upon my heart to give you $1,000 right now. Can I tell you that those moments I wouldn't trade for anything in this world? Because it's like a little treasure map, you know? You get to one place and you realize, my goodness, the map is working and it tells me to go to point B now when you go over to point B and God's in point B and then you go to point C and you know what? He provides for you again in point C because it's God just saying, hey, I'm with you. That concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.